Yes, people, welcome along to episode seven of the Patriot Game podcast, where I'm joined as usual by Martino in Edinburgh, Conley City, and Pearson, Conley, Second City, Dublin. We're absolutely delighted today to be joined by a sporting superstar with an illustrious amateur career that culminated in ranking number one with the AIBA, an Olympian and gold medalist at both European and World Championships. After cementing his name in Irish amateur boxing folklore, he took a step to the pro game, marking his debut at Madison Square Garden. Currently 14-0 and in camp preparing for his upcoming fight on the 1st of May. Ladies and gentlemen, West, Bel- West Belfast's very own Mick O'Connell. Mick, I need to hide on that introduction, mate. How's nah, things going? That was a long one, wasn't it? Fucking hell. Jesus, um, mate. I know. <laughs> nah, it's all good, mate. All good. Uh, pleasure to be on with you, boys. Um, good Celtic, man. So, it's always a pleasure. On the Bassan, mate, and, and again, you're going to be you're obviously in the middle of training camp. So, yeah, uh, thank you very much for coming on and and and, and spurring us your time, mate. Really appreciate it. So, how's things going with training? How's everything going? I'll be, I'll be right Iraq for May 1st. Pretty rock, mate. You know, I've, I've had a fantastic training camp. Obviously, it's my first fight back down at 122. So, you know, I've had to do a good bit of work throughout this camp to make sure I make the weight comfortably and healthily. And I, I've done that so. We're almost there. Sparring's been fantastic. Uh, I feel like I'm punching three, four times as hard as what I was before. I feel like I'm physically stronger than I was before. So, all in all, it's been a very, very good camp. So, I'm really happy. You fought in um, the amateurs and you were just at, like, I'm just going to start off here and just go full-scale fanboy. Yeah. Uh, I watched a lot of your fights and all that sort of stuff and obviously the pinnacle was the Olympics. And um, you were absolutely robbed. Did yeah. you just feel disillusioned by amateur boxing at the step when you went into the programme? Did you just think that I've, I've done enough in it anyway, but this, it's just because it was corrupt to the core? Nah, listen, I, I was always, always going to make the move after, you know, Rio. And, uh, and you know, what be- better pedestal to jump off getting robbed the way I was robbed and being so fucking no, known worldwide because of that? Other than winning the gold medal, you know what I mean. Uh, that that was probably the best way to kind of <laughs> go into the competition. So, um, I was I, I I was disillusioned with with the amateur system for a long time, and you know there's been nineteen you know bad decisions that went against me, which I know it shouldn't have went against me, and you know there's nothing you could really do about it. But the reason I reacted and done everything I did was because I knew it was my last time doing it, and I knew there was no kind of comeback, even though. They tried to fame me like 10,000 pounds and stuff. I was like, go fuck yourselves. You're not getting nothing off me. But like, I was always, I was always, always going to make the jump. Like, so it wasn't like it was uh, uh, that because of what happened, I, I, I turned over. It was, it was going to happen anyway. Can you remember you doing the, the finger up when you, when, when you get robbed? I, I had that, that just. I had that planned. I had that planned for like a team before. So I it was a team. I was when I actually qualified for the twenty sixteen Olympics. They tried to screw me twice uh, in two fights, one in Azerbaijan and one in Kazakhstan, and they almost messed up my qualification. And I had my last fight, which I needed to win, which was in Venezuela against the Venezuelan, and I needed to win that. But I also needed uh, one of the guys who ended up getting the decision against me he was a good fighter to lose against a guy who had stopped. And I was like, there's no way it's happening. He'll beat him. She beat him hard. They end up getting beat and I end up qualifying. But at the end of that fight, my plan was just to go, fuck you to the judges and go on pro. I'm not even going to try and qualify for Olympics now because they kind of, I thought they had screwed me over. But because the, I ended up getting into the fight with the wrong attitude where I went in thinking, 
I said to my dad the night before, I'm just going to try and knock this guy out. Uh, I don't go fuck, fuck boxing. And he's like, no, dude, that's the wrong way to do it. But I ended up going in with attitude and made the fight very hard. And I won the fight, but the crowd in Venezuela was like in the middle of like a ghetto and it was like favelas everywhere, but we're in this big arena. It was just all the kind of street kids and street people all in there and they're all like singing Venezuela, Venezuela. And it was amazing. It was it was just an unbelievable experience. So instead of like just giving the fingers to the judges and fucking off, I just clapped the crowd and then ended up qualifying. So it was probably, uh, probably meant to happen that way. So um, I was lucky I didn't do it. I mean, just wondering, for like I'm just a casual kind of fan of boxing, how yeah. bad is amateur boxing for being corrupt and rigged? Ah, listen, it's, it's, it's been corrupt for many, many years, way before me. So, you know, it's, it's a big mob, you know what I mean? It is a big mob. Naive is a mob and, uh, and they've been able to control and have a monopoly over amateur boxing for a long, long time. And, you know, they pull the strings and it, it's the, the, the corruption and, and what I heard about what my, even my own fate and stuff and how all that was kind of dealt with is very, very deep, very deep. And there's, like, is, is that deep? There's, there's fuck all I could do about it. There's fuck all anybody else could do about it. And uh, it's massive. So, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I don't think we'll ever leave. It's, it's like, a, like every sport, there's always at the, at the head of it, there's always kind of, Parts of corruption. So, like, would even Irish boxing be corrupt at like a national level? Um, nah, I wouldn't say so. Probably, listen, probably. I never experienced it myself at, at home, but I wouldn't be surprised if judges were taking backhanders. It wouldn't surprise me because, you know, the whole world is rigged, never made the game. Absolutely. For me, my biggest, uh, the, the person I looked up to most in boxing. And I watched it quite a lot with Joe Calzaghe. The uh, mm. probably the two fights that cemented him yeah. with Lacey and Hopkins. He was just powerful, just a phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. fighter. Um, who do you look up to most in the sport? Is there anyone that you look at and think that's the sort of direction I want to go in? Like, I I love the way Joe done it. I do love the way Joe done it. the way he mentioned Joe. I, I actually speak to him a lot, and he messaged me a lot, and it's like I'm I starstruck every time he messages you. Like, no, he's messaged me. I think it was after one of the Commonwealth Games. Like, I'm a massive fan and. I was like, fuck me, Joe Kozak is messaging me. Yeah, this is mental. But uh he's 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 a really nice guy. And obviously, you know, he went out undefeated. So it's the way everybody wants to kind of get into the sport. And and 99.9% of people do not get into the sport that way. So you gotta you gotta look at Joe with a lot of admiration. Um but if it was someone you know, who I looked up to throughout my career and in, in, in boxing was always my big brother. Just because how he was as a person and how he was in the ring, he was very honest, very very honest person in the ring. Um, you know, he he obviously never achieved what he wanted to achieve in being world champion, but he never ever bowed out without a fight. And uh, you know, I think that's that says a lot about him as a person. You know, he never give up, and you know that's that's the way you should be. You should never give up. You should always. Keep pushing on, pushing on while you still can, fight your damn breath, kind of thing. But um, I don't condemn fucking people down in the ring or anything. I'm just saying, like, fight, you know, fight with all your heart and, and keep pushing on. It's safe to say that Jamie was never involved in any uh, born fights. He left everything out yeah. there and there was always blood and excitement. And the crowd absolutely loved it. Like, loved yeah. it. I hear um, it. I hear it. I'm sure. It. I watched it. I hear it because I know. 
the actual talent he had and, and the boxing ability he had, which he never, ever used. He always just kind of balls to the wall, let's go to war kind of thing. And, you know, I admire him for his heart and his bravery, but sometimes I want to slap him for his stupidity when he, didn't, <laughs> when he was getting involved in shit, which he didn't need to get involved in. But he was someone who I've, who I've looked up to through my whole career in sport and in life. Um, so if it was a boxer I looked up to, it was him. But if it was someone who in terms of achievement ways and stuff, it's, it has to be Manny Pacquiao. Um, just uh, how he was as a human being, as a person outside of the ring and what he does for the people of his his country and how much of an icon he is. And then, you know, obviously his style is just so exciting to watch. Unreal. And then, Mick, just going back um, to the very, sort of very beginning, growing up in West Belfast, um, were you forced to go into boxing? What made you, what made you get involved in the sport? My older brothers, um, you know, they they kind of got brought to the gym. It was first one of my brothers, Brendan. He he wanted to go to the gym first. He wanted to go boxing, and Jamie got forced to go along with Brendan. He didn't want to box. He wanted to play football. Um, and he played for Celtic Boys, and then he ended up going to the gym with Brendan, and uh, he got involved in boxing because I looked up to them too. I just wanted to do what they were doing, so I kept following to the gym. I was too young, but I kept going and kept going and kept going, and then. I was in the gym for a while and the coach at the time says I was too young so I had to leave. So I was devastated, cried my eyes out and ended up going to join a planner boxing club and that's where it all kind of started for me really. Uh, started off there and then obviously when I had a few fights and the coach who told me that I had to leave because I was too young had seen me and says we need to get him back and my older brother's were so I ended up going back but um yeah, it was it was it was my older brothers was 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 the reason I, I wanted to be in boxing because I just wanted to be like them and I think that if if they had stopped boxing, if if Jamie had to stop boxing, say 16, 17, even eighteen, I probably would have stopped boxing. Um because I just wanted to be like him in Kirby or anything else. And it shows you how close you are as a family and, and stuff, mate. That's a credit to you. Um yeah. just getting in, in, involved with a boxing and when you started off. When you were when you were training away for the first couple of months, the first couple of years, did you know that you had a chance of, like, that you were going to? I knew, I knew like I know it sounds like cockney and like a dickhead and all, but I knew I was good from from day one. Like I'll be honest, um, like well, my first year in, in competing and stuff, I won everything. When I won the Irelands, I won the Ulsters, I won the Andrums, I won all the novice competitions as well, and I I, I went undefeated, and I kind of. I kind of had a big head then and kind of thought it was better than what it was and kind of got brought down a few levels the next year with just losing in, in the finals of the All-Ireland. That was the only loss I had, my first loss. Um, but yeah, from, from the start, it was just something I, I loved to do. Because um, when, when they started boxing, we started to watch boxing more and more. We always watched boxing. My dad always watched boxing. And like Prince Nassim, they, my whole family hated Prince Nassim because he's cocky and he's arrogant and being Irish, that's completely the opposite of what you're probably perceived to be or should be. Um, but I loved just the entertainment. I loved how entertainment, how like mad he was and doing all that mad ring walk shit. So, and sticking his tongue out. And also when I was, when I was really six, seven, eight, nine, when I was doing all the sparring, I was doing that in the ring against the bigger kids and making them miss, making them pay and <laughs> laughing at them and just being a wee, being a wee asshole, but it worked and it kind of helped me kind of learn boxing very, very easy. 
and get used to the hitting and not being hit. And you know, I, I actually, Prince Zim was a big, a big aid of mine for a long time. Then I realized when I kind of get a bit older that he's probably a bit of an Oregon prick, but still you can't deny his talent. Oh, some fighter. You need that self belief as well. They got found out in America, but he was never shy of yeah. a challenge. He was unbelievably gifted fighter. There's one young lad now, yeah. uh, Dennis the Menace. He's got yeah. a wee bit of swagger, a bit of a wee bit of sort of Prince Nazim. But you were talking about ring walks there, and yeah. you become synonymous for um, <laughs> the, way the, the way the event of the ring. And yeah. I'm a massive fan of the songbook you've been playing. What was the thinking behind that when uh, when you were? I don't know if you picked the tunes, but some of the tunes you're coming out are powerful. Ah, listen. For me, obviously, watching all the Nas ring walks and stuff, it was probably one of the things that made me fall in love with boxing. Mm. And every ring walk I've done, I've kind of, I've had, I've probably been the mastermind behind. And I've picked all the ring walks, the musics, and, you know, when I'm at the walk at this stage and that stage. I'm, like, and if you look at the garden as well, when I come out in the garden, I come from the top. No one had ever done that before I'd done it. Yeah. And it was I. I said no. I would want to. I don't want a short ring walk. I want a long ring walk here, and I want to walk from the top. So, um, yeah, the ring walks are are, are something that I love. Something I've always kind of, uh, I've I love to do boxing. It's the, it's the show before the show, and mm-hmm. you know it was something that I always wanted to make sure I done well. Um, have a good ring walk, and you know, I think I always come with the grace. In these fights, what I've been fighting in this pandemic, the last one I had, and and, and the one I have now. Can't really come out the grace because there's no fans to sing along. You need mm-hmm. fans. You need fans for grace. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a special song to come out to, and you can see how passionate the fans get. Them, especially being Irish, you, know, you gotta you 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 have to kind of play to your audience. You know, I know I know what my fan base like. I know I know what they want to hear, and you know, I, I'm 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 not a silly person. I I, I do things tactically and. My, my choices of music are, are technically for my fans. Unbelievable. Wow. That uh, that night you made your debut in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, you, you love that the... picture. You love that picture, lot. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, me. I'm not I'm saying I have it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I have it hung up in my room. Like, or uh... I'm thinking about getting a tattoo or anything like that. That night, mate. That night, and not just because you're on the shoot, you're on the, the episode here, but yeah, like it was like you were in West Belfast. Like obviously, you walked out of the ring yeah. with Conor McGregor and the tricolor. The atmosphere that night was like unbelievable. The only thing that I would say would come close to it would be being in the middle of the Green Brigade at a Celtic yeah. game. So when you walk out that, you're walking out. Conor McGregor is at the back of you. The tricolor is at the back of you. All your fans are out in front of you. What's that feeling like? Is that something that you always want to do growing up? You know like what? So, that? see before it, like I had not my I shaped myself before I even walked. It's my fucking debut. Then going, fuck me. What happens? What happens if you lose here? Like you know what I mean? There's like fucking thousands of came to see you, and no matter what any, any fighter says, and they don't get nervous. Not you be fucking shaking yourself no matter what. But as soon as the doors opened and I seen everybody, I swear to God, it was like bang. I'm at home. It's just it felt so comfortable. Felt like this is what it's meant to be, and I walked out there and like that. You're right, that atmosphere and and, and near every St. Paddy's Day and and every kind of big fight I've had, the atmosphere has been unbelievable. And 
you won't get them type of atmospheres at most world title fights. You know what I mean? They're 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 a special type of atmosphere, and I think that comes with being Irish and having a kind of fan base, which I have. I don't think many fighters in the world will ever experience that. So, you know, it was a uh, it was special. See, walking out there and were seeing his faces, everybody kind of knew. Like fuck, man, going to fight here. Like so, I was like, so it was the debut. It was just like, I want to get this done right away, quick, so I can fucking just put this behind me because this is mad. This is this is crazy. But when you walk out there and the fans are in, especially in the garden, right before I start the ring walk, I'm fucking shitting myself, and then when I start walking, I'm good, and that's me. him at home. What would you be like on the day of a fight when you get up? Are you? okay with the weight or do you just want it to happen like would you fight at 10 o'clock in the morning if you could As the day of fate I'm alright and then when I hit lunch time I'm like fuck me I just want to close my eyes and be tomorrow morning I've already won like, I'll be honest like I, I, I hear people who lie about things I guess and say like I love it I love it here. they probably do but for me I, I at 12 at lunch time I fucking hear it I hear it it's like get it done just let me wake up when it's tomorrow morning but then the rest of them, all right. You know what I mean? It's no problem. When I'm in the, when, when I'm in the change room, I'm fucking buzzing. I can't wait to go. I just want to take heads off. Um, obviously, before you ring walk, that nerves is there. But then once you walk, you're good. Um, but like, it's just the anticipation, isn't it? It's the anticipation and being able to, to manage that in, in, in the correct way. A lot of people don't. Um, a lot of people fold under that type of pressure, but... I've done it so many times that I'm never going to fold. You know what I mean? It's never going to get to me. And you know, you ever you hear Mayweather saying about the whole time about like when the opponents they get up when they get under the lights and stuff, and you know they experience the big nights. I've been under the lights from day one. You know what I mean? It's been it hasn't been a it hasn't been like I haven't experienced them big nights and then big lights and uh, and you know it's it's something that having all these big fights in the past and big big atmospheres was standing good there when I do fight for the belt. So um, I do hit lunchtime on fight day, but other than that, everything's good. I've been watching your training camp, and um, your training looks frightening. You're saying that you're punching harder, you're feeling stronger. Yeah. You were saying that you were wanting to take the head off him. The, uh, yeah. You tuck him away, you get through. I would say probably your hardest test yet. You go 15 yeah. and hopefully nine knockouts. What's after that? Wait, how, how long until... Uh, long until you wrap it and then uh, you got any sort of targets you would like to no, so it's, it, it should be it should be next it should be next it should be fighting for the WEO belt next but for some reason well I know why the PBC um, who Stephen Fulton the WEO champion is with um, are trying to kind of tie up the belt a bit um, the belt which I'll be mandatory for after this so the mandatory period started after his last fight which was December I think um, January December team. Um, so it should end kind of after September, but uh, they'll tie that fight up. And no, I think he'll probably fight September 11, and hopefully I'll fight December time. Um, I'll put it out there right after this fight. Once I take this guy out, that why not do it in August? Let's do it in August. Let's do it in West Belfast in August. We're gonna go to the Fela. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 the Fela have released dates that you know. We're going to be having a show. I know that my brother and my team have already been speaking about making the fail happen again this year, and uh, we we where the talks will intensify after this fight. But until then, we got to keep the lid on. 
fair play to you. Rest assured that the Patriot game will be straight in for three ringsides. sides. <laughs> 100%, 100%, 100%. Make it a photo again with my big face on it. You walk on that. With this guy that you're feeding, Mick Baluda, yeah. he obviously uh, took out David Oliver Joyce. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts going to end it? What way are we going to um, do it? I'm going to, I'm going to take a say clean off his shoulders. Um, and yeah. I haven't said that much. I haven't said that much throughout my whole career because I just focus on winning. I don't care how I win. And you know, people think it's born so fuck. If people think it's exciting, so fuck. I don't care either way. Um, as long as I win is all that matters to me at the end of the day. But this time, like something feels different. Um as I said, like I feel like I'm punching much harder. I feel like I just have a bit more between my teeth for back. Um also I, I just feel this time is different because obviously I feel I'm I'm punching much harder. Um, the 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 closer I'm getting to my weight, the angrier and more pain I want to cause on this guy. Um, I feel stronger. I feel physically bigger. I'm hurting people more and sparring. I kind of have that belief back on my par, and I I just feel that I feel I'll, I'll take his head over his shoulders. He's beat two Irish guys. TJ Donahue, former world champion. David Oliver Joyce, former Olympic teammate of mine, and. You know, I, I want to go out there and you know set the record straight that you know you're not, you're not fucking around. We're not fucking around here. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not those guys. It's different. This is completely different. So I'll show that, and uh, I'll be excited to do it next week. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. So, um, just talking about that 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 night in the park, and obviously walking out with the the famous song. What is the what's the ring walk this time? Obviously, there's not going to be any fans there, so. Have you got a special one? The same one as last time. I came out the old Russian of her wallet by Shailen. So um, it's a shorter version, a more kind of upbeat tempo, modern version of it. And it's it's fantastic. Um got the war drums and everything in there. So that'll be that'll be uh that'll be the one I come out to this time. With it being a Celtic podcast, Mick, what's the chances you're walking out with a Celtic pop on it? I think you have to pay five grand every two or five hundred quid or something to wear Celtic or any wear a football what? kit or put football kit in your stuff. Um, okay. No, I have I have my I have my, 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 my ring kit and stuff and all sorted. So unreal. Unless unless I'm gonna be guaranteed a fit at Celtic Park, you know, I can't wear a Celtic top until that happens. Like, is that a question, Mark? No, it's not. No, it's not. That would be a, that would be an amazing possibility. Um just need to get a good Scottish opponent, don't they? You know what I mean? A good Rangers fan and fight them in Salt Lake Park. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few tasty Scottish yeah. boxers, and now there's obviously the show coming up with yeah. uh, Taylor and all that sort of stuff. He's yeah. flying. Lee McGregor, but um, yeah. Salt Lake Park, imagine that. 60,000. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He, he's taking it back to football for a wee second. Did you grow up a Celtic fan? As, yeah. as a young lad, you were brother. If you asked me, um, if you come from West Belfast, there's only one team you really do support when you start growing up, and uh, it's Celtic. And then if you support anybody else, it's that team and Celtic. You know what I mean? It's never you never don't support Celtic when you come from you know West Belfast. And I've always been a Celtic fan, and always will be a Celtic fan. Um, it's like when Celtic play, it's like your own country playing. You know what I mean? That's that's what it feels to me. It feels like. You know, and your your nation playing not 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 just a club team. It's it's it's, it's national pride, and uh, you know, some some is always close. 
I'm happy to ask you about it, Mick. Just over Madison Salik, mate. What do you think of this season? Everything that's been on. Uh, that, is there a season? Has there been a season? I, I don't watch football. <laughs> oh, I'm not uh, too sure. I don't watch football. I don't watch, I don't watch, I don't watch football seasons, so I don't know how anything is going. But that is the nah, best answer I've heard, mate. It's 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 um, I only realize that Celtic play Rangers again next week, next Sunday, and I'm like, fuck me, why? Yeah, why? please just was, just just put it at the end of the season, put a bit at your uh, your your mural around the corner was uh, defaced with a a Scottish team's trophy. I don't know if you heard about this, so you got any WhatsApps about it? But I got it at car mate. I done my bit, I scraped it off. Know what I mean? What I look like, top fanboy. Where, just where, where did they do at the bus? They said a cabinet street. What did the they spray? They said it a shop. Bastards. We trophy, you know what I mean? Over your, over your face, mate. They can't be having that, you know what I mean? Not about no. here. Fun scumbags. Scumbags. But, mate, um, yeah, just Stephen Fulton and Fela. Yeah. Is that it? That, that, would, that, would, that, would, that would be the dream country. That would be the dream. Um, whether or not it happens, I don't know. If it doesn't happen, we'll have another good fight anyway. Um, I'll be straight back in the training camp after this fight. You know, I'll take I'll take a few weeks at home, still train, and then get back over here to the UK and you know get get training again over here, get back back to business. And you know, I'm excited. It's, it's an exciting few months coming up, exciting exciting year coming up. Um, we're in the midst of it now, and you know, next week we we started off, we get the ball rolling. And get that title trail on fast. Uh, Mick, just a question because you don't obviously get to chat, talk to a superstar every day. See, after you came back from the Olympics and you'd won the yeah. bronze medal, is it hard to adjust to everyone knowing who you are, not just people in the boxing community? Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. You're from Dublin, obviously, so like you've been the coppers and all that. Like, huh. If I went, if I go to coppers, even now, like it's you know, a medal. Like, even, but even then, even then, when I just won a bronze medal. And I was what nineteen twenty, like it was like you were a Premier League footballer. It was fucking unbelievable. I was like walking around thinking I was Ronaldo. You know what I mean? It was like anything you wanted to do, any anybody you wanted to see. It's like easy, <laughs> fucking easy. easy, easy, easy pickings right there. Like you know, it was fucking mental. It was mental. Everybody knew you, um, especially all the little fucking. From all the culty towns and all that, they're down, 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 that kind of gave me a, an inkling of what it would be like. Um, and then when it happened, obviously, it was just, it was mental. And it was it's unbelievable. Like I, like, I could go out in Dublin and not be able to move with people getting pictures and autographs and all out there. But if I went in Belfast, not like very few people would even come and say, oh, do you like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's completely different to see how, how big I was. How big it probably am in the south compared to even how big I am in the north. It's 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 minus. Paddy oh, Bonds, Tommy McCarthy, that. and Sean McComb. Ah, mental. There must mental. be there, there must be some uh, stories, mate. What's your oh, there's, funniest there's, memory of training with ads? Ah, I think probably the one for most people will be the Belfast boys. No one would done the shirt of the Joyce's. Fuck, we got in some trouble for that, like with the Irish squad and all they were. 
get that down and all, but it was already up. We'd sent it out there. So um, we, we went back and forth for a load of videos with Demons, but only you only ever see the one like so it was loads of teams. I can't pinpoint one, but it was some some really, really good teams together. Like I was just gonna say the nice you got Kirsten's touching on. I watched a video with Big uh, I think it was Coogan Cashes, IFL TV. Yeah. And you were walking about was it your man's street you were walking about and uh, 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 and all the lads are coming over asking about your watch and everything like that. Uh, I, was, sick, uh, I, I, I would think the same, you know, like if you were a football player, like a young lad like Tierney or something like that. You come to a working class area, a very normal, grounded young lad. You yeah. become amazing at your sport, and everyone's wanting a pound of your flesh. Everyone's mm. wanting to have your time. And does does it take time to adjust, or do you just sort of just cope you know with it because it's just the way it is? I'll be honest. It's not even like that. It's not. It's not. It's not as bad as that in, in, in the in the West. Like you know, I can I can walk about the place. People say, "Oh, do you get a picture? No problem. It's like, mm. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not tortured." Um, People are kind of understanding and uh, maybe half shy at the same thing where they're going, fuck, I'm not going to open zero to him. I don't want to get a picture. Mm-hmm. I look like a dickhead, but like they probably do, but they don't want to because they don't want to look a certain type of way. But you know, it's worse Belfast, is, like everybody knows everybody. It's a very welcoming place and somewhere I've grew up. So it's, it's it, it, it feels handy enough still. I probably haven't had that mega superstar status where you're, you're not able to do anything. But if you look at the likes of Carl Frampton, no, he's able to walk about the place, no problem. He gets sass for pictures, but he doesn't get he doesn't get melted. So you know it's it's sound. It's a testament to this place as well, Mick. With um, like you just mentioned there, do you think that that's with that upbringing and coming from West Belfast that it sort of kept you on your feet and kept you kept you humble? I definitely, definitely. I think when you come from those kind of areas and. You know, you grew up in Surrey, which which I grew up in, and, and you grew up in yourself. You have to have, you know, a bit of you know humbleness and respect for for yourself and for others because you see what people are going through on a daily basis, which you know the majority of people probably don't even know. You know, there's a lot there's a lot going on, a lot of you know, poverty in the area where where you grew up and and you know obviously kind of sort of say get out of and uh, moved out of and uh, and kind of doing well for yourself, but people are still. You know, find it very hard to get by from day to day life. So you gotta be, you gotta be humble. You can't be fun, a dickhead who flaunts things in people's faces, and you know, uh, just thinks he's bigger than what he is. And it's not what I am. I'm, I'm a working class kid, and I'll always have a working class kind of mentality around things like that. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not an egotistical maniac. So I think uh, in sport, there's an awful lot of people whose egos just fucking run red. And one thing I know is if I my ego started the rum rap, my dad would beat the fucking cleaner to me. So um, <laughs> I can't be a, I can't be a type of kid. Unreal. And again, Mick, just to, to finish up the, the episode, mate, um, we always ask a couple of questions each. So my first question for you, with that obviously being a Celtic podcast and you being a Celtic yeah. fan from West Belfast, who was your favourite ever Celtic player? It's the easiest, the easiest question that we're to answer. I think everybody in probably this picture right now will say the same as King Henrik. You know, he's he's the, the the king of kings and you know what a guy. Um absolute legend. Um yeah, I wish I wish he could be back right now. <laughs> I wish he could be their manager or doing something, be a part of the club because we need someone with his leadership and his you know excellence to be a part of the club again. 
100%. And then, like was what mentioned about Salt Lake Park and like, have you been to many games? And if you have been, what's your favorite experience? Um, yeah, I've been to a few. Uh, you know, when when you're there and there's you're you're hearing grace and stuff being sang, you know that you, you look at men around you and they look like they're gonna cry. You know that experience alone at the games is unbelievable. You know when you when you hear them songs being sang and you know, it just strikes chords in your heart. And uh, especially being an Irish man hearing all these Irish songs and 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 basically Ireland, Salty Park's basically Ireland. So. No, it's 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 yeah, absolutely is. It's special. Hundred percent. And then finally, mate, um, we all know that you love your Ravel tunes. What's your favorite yeah. Ravel song? Um, the hard one. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, people would always expect me to say Grace, but I don't think I will. Uh, I love. Uh, maybe not so much a rabble tune, but I just love Christy Moore, Ordinary Man. Oh, special, special tune. It just reminds me, like, I, when I was living in LA, like, it was a song I always played, or else Missing You by Christy Moore. Songs I always just sat and played, because it just means you're home so much. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mick, like, you're in the middle of your training camp. You've got a big, massive fight coming up which no doubt you're going to win. You're going to take this man's head off, like you've said. We really value you coming on this, mate, giving us your time. It's been absolutely fantastic, and it'll be great. We'll get you up to Salic Park one time. Martino down there will sort you out with a couple of tickets. Yeah, no problem. A couple, of, couple, of, couple of standing tickets. And um, get. yes. We'll meet you in the squirrel for 100%. a pint when you're over here, and then we'll meet you in the watermelon when we're over in Belfast for a wee pint. 100%. That will get Top that man. sorted, definitely. Listen, best. Stuff. Yeah, Cheers, yeah, thank you very much, mate. All the best. Bye-bye.